Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are it's good to be here. How's everybody doing today? Well, I hope you're doing good because I'm doing good. Hang on a second while I push a button here. Uh, it's a kind of new, it's a rather new setup for me because the video I use for my intro just isn't like in the main system anymore because it's too long, I guess. So I have to do it a separate way off my desktop. So I have to push extra buttons, but uh, we're here and that's what's important and I didn't blow it today. Anyway, I want to welcome you guys. My name is Charlotte. I'll be your host for the next hour. And I'm really excited today because I get to take off my paranormal hat, even though I've got it on. I get to take off my normal paranormal hat, and I get to be a journalist today. As, as a lot of you know, I am a journalist. It's, it's, it's what I do for a living. I, I do freelance journalism. And um, it's kind of fun to kind of veer away from the paranormal topic and do something not serious, but but something that's helpful for people, a news item that's helpful for people. So, uh, and that's what today is, okay? Uh, uh, first, I'll introduce myself again. I'm Charlotte. I am also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. You can see the team at www.californiahaunts.org. But you can also find this show at www.californiahauntsradio.com. Anyway, I want to get our guest on. I hope I pronounce his name correctly, because I am really bad about names. Ravi, I think is his name. And uh, he's got some interesting stuff to tell us about holistic health and how he um, he became ill in, in his midlife. And he was able to overcome it because he took action to bring himself back to health. So I think it's something a lot of people are interested in. So hopefully uh, we'll... We'll, we'll learn something new because I know I've got my own health problems and I'm excited to talk with him for the same reasons. Okay? So without further ado. Hi. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited to be part of this uh, radio show. And my name is Ravi. Ravi means son. I am from India. Sahai means somebody who helps. So wow. I'm here to help myself and help others. So thank you, Charlotte. No problem. I'm really interested in, 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 in you. Um, tell me about you. Well, uh, it has been a very interesting journey. I was born in India in 1948, uh, a few weeks after Mahatma Gandhi was assassinated. But here I came to America in 1971 as a young immigrant, electrical engineer, uh, you know, did some master's degrees in business and computers, worked for corporations. But uh, then my health started to fail on all different fronts. And soon I found that uh, that is just not my story, but unfortunately, many fellow Americans have also taken the same trajectory. But fortunately, with a little bit of wisdom from ancient as well as modern research, I was able to put lifestyle first and got some doctors who were basically a coach. And that's how I recovered from 
heart attack, congestive heart failure, eczema, gout, hemorrhoids, uh, you name it, and allergies. So um, I believe this uh, is an interesting story because truth prevails. Absolutely. And when you realized you were getting sick, what did you do exactly? Obviously, you went to the doctor, like regular doctors, right? Uh, yes. Uh, as you know, in America, we basically have a monopoly of uh, conventional medicine, I would say. Insurance companies only cover that, and I had good insurance, so I would go to my family practice doctor, who is very, very good, but he basically would prescribe me medicine for allergy, you know, antihistamine, take it for life, blood pressure, you know, take these medicines for life, and uh, eczema, apply this ointment mm -hmm. as, as long as it gives you some relief, but uh, all that didn't help, and I ended up with heart attack in 2003 at the age uh -huh. of uh, 55. And after that, a lot of other things came, including, including congestive heart failure. Uh, but I'm glad to, that I'm quite uh, vibrantly healthy now. And how did you become vibrantly? You know, how did you do your research to become vibrantly healthy? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I, I don't have any medical degree, and that is good because I applied my critical thinking without much bias, if I can put it that way. So when I was getting sick and my family members are also getting sick, this was in 1998, 99, before my heart attack, I was looking at internet and doing some research through search engines like Alta Vista at that time. It was not even Google. Mm -hmm. And uh, I came to realize that conventional medicine doesn't have answers for chronic disease, so what do I do? So in my research, I found an alternate thinking called candida or yeast overgrowth, mm -hmm. which was quite uh, interesting to me, but it was uh, not accepted. And in fact, even though a MD by the name of Orient Trust he was a military doctor. He wrote uh, Miss uh, what uh, uh, the book on misdiagnosis of mental diseases, even and other chronic diseases. So I talked to my brother, who is a pediatrician in India, and he said this makes sense with Ayurveda. And Ayurveda, which is the Indian holistic medicine which says that more than 90% of the diseases start from the gut. Okay. When your gut is not okay, all other chronic diseases will happen. And as you know, gut is, of course, food and lifestyle. But later, microbiome, which is much later, uh, 2010, microbiome started to come into mainstream highlight here. And they also said the same thing, that gut is the where microbiomes are, and we have to take care of it through lifestyle primarily. So it has been a journey. And then I, when I wrote my first book, My Health is Your Wealth, that was about candida overgrowth. 
but beautiful yes and <laughs> i was talking about triumphs over chronic diseases but really didn't understand it completely until the microbiome discovery came and then i wrote the second book called may you be healthy well being for pennies a day and that is a prayer this cover thanks again this is this is a prayer for, and you see a feminine hand there uh, because it is about divine mother it is about nature it's about uh, our mothers who really show us how to lead a good life right from the first training we get is toilet training but uh, but uh, you know we we forget those lessons we don't take care of the bowel movements on a regular basis we don't eat right we get stressed and all that disturbs the gut health and we get chronic diseases interesting and you looked in the stuff from india correct you you went back and looked at some different indian health healing techniques uh, absolutely so ayurveda is a sanskrit term which is about 5000 years old ayu means aging veda means science so basically it is a science of aging it's not about science of disease or curing disease it's about longevity and uh, they have prescribed a lifestyle right from the morning that what are the morning routines you should do to keep your body clean and that is called deena charya deen means daily charya means routine and interestingly right from the bowel movement where 70% of the microbiome is there then your oral microbiome which is very very important it not only takes care of your uh, teeth but also gums can inflamed gums can create heart disease so the point is din charya talks about taking care of your gut taking care of your oral microbiome taking care of your skin microbiome and it doesn't stop there it says how do you be stress free like yoga and meditation so mm -hmm. yes i have taken heavily from that age old ancient wisdom in my book so how uh, how long do you meditate every day um of course now i'm sort of retired so meditation <laughs> has become more of a not only necessity but it's it's a luxury for many people but for me it is a necessity because it uh, not only keeps me healthy it also keeps me productive uh, so how long do i meditate at least 1 hour in the morning and 1 hour in the evening and uh, actually meditation is now you know it's about consciousness even you, you and i are talking Right. Uh, it's about uh, working at a higher consciousness so that could be a part of meditation even though you know we are we, we are active but the consciousness is out there uh, at a higher level now when you meditate do you meditate for peace of mind or do you meditate for your health you know like uh, uh, uh cuz i know yeah. i have instructors that teach me meditation 
and they have health meditations where they start at the top of the head, you know, where, where, where you talk to every organ and, you know, get things in order. Uh, those are all very good, good approaches. But basically, meditation is about getting connected with the higher energy. And to get the feeling that we are not alone, actually, mm -hmm. all the time we are being sustained in this ocean of energy. And we think that we are waves and we are separate from that ocean, but actually we are not. So that, that realization, the more and more we get it, we become calmer, we become healthier, we are compassionate to other people, and all regions have that, that you know, and we have to basically get in touch with it because that's who we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So essentially, it's, you know, it, it's a way to get your own stress off, plus it's, it's, it's a way to be, be, become at one. I mean, essentially be, become peaceful with everything. Yeah, as you know, isolation or loneliness is a big mm -hmm. problem in the Western world. Mm -hmm. And what they have found that people who meditate don't feel lonely. So that alone is a big payoff. Absolutely, absolutely. So what type of food did you end up eating? Because I know there's certain foods that that will cause a lot of digestive issues. So what kind of food did you end up, you know, eating? That's, a, again, Charlotte, very, very good question. My mother used to say, you are what you eat. And I didn't think about it much. And now they are finding that the food can change your mood. And microbiome is proving that. And that's an age-old wisdom, okay? So in Ayurveda, you have foods under three categories, sattvic, rajasic, and tamasic. The acidic foods are tamasic and meat and, you know, wine and sugar, they are all tamasic. And uh, fruits and vegetables are sattvic. And in between, you know, if you have to, you know, enjoy a cheesecake once in a while, that is rajasic. Right. So having said <laughs> that, <laughs> what I have done in my book is I have given it a it, uh, I have given some recipe about prebiotics and probiotics. Cool. And basically, you eat for your microbiome because they are your pets, they are your servants, they are your friends, they keep you healthy, they keep you vibrant, they, they elevate your moods and vice versa, it can go the other way. So having said that, what is prebiotic? Lot of foods which have fiber in it and fruits and vegetables, they excel in that area. Basically, if you have leafy green kale and you know jicama and uh, Brussels sprouts and asparagus, you can see that yeah, I'm talking about very good prebiotic. Mm -hmm. Now, probiotic is also very, very important, especially because we take a lot of antibiotics. We all have taken that. And antibiotics, even though it's a wonder drug and it saved a lot of us from tuberculosis, etc., it devastates our microbiome. 
and unfortunately antibiotics have gone into food it's in milk it's in chicken it's in you know meat that we eat right. so to answer your question in simple terms i am more plant based i take a little bit of eggs and i make i my own uh, probiotics i make my own kefir of course i buy some sauerkraut and kimchi and i eat lot of whole grains so you know that's how and i have talked about in in the book but you don't have to be you know 100% kind of uh, vegetarian you can you can eat good meat but be more plant centric that's not only going to help your health but it's also going to help the climate and you said you had a heart attack and heart failure did you uh, cut back on your salt did you, did you switch to different type of salt and that's again a, an excellent question uh yes my cardiologist who is an integrative cardiologist is very high on this salt intake but what i found that i am not that sensitive to salt not that i eat uh, you know kind of chips and all that so to answer your question initially i not only cut sugar but i also cut salt but now i take uh, you know regular amount you can call it you know quarter teaspoon you know added salt every day right sugar is probably 60 spoons so so i don't want to say i abstain from it but but mm-hmm. uh, you know i don't uh, take uh, you know all these processed food where most of the salt is did you notice because i know what i told you i i i have congestive heart failure um did yes. you notice that after you stopped the salt that if you went to a restaurant with somebody and it's what people don't realize how much salt is in food like at, even at a restaurant because that's the first thing i noticed when i would when i would go to restaurants and i'd be like oh my god this is just full of salt oh absolutely true and you don't know what kind of canned food they are using and what are they doing mm-hmm. in the you know in the back etc so one of the things i talk in my book is that look eating out can be a good social experience but don't make that a habit make mm-hmm. your own food and enjoy it and eat fresh when you eat fresh you can't go wrong yeah cuz because what i found is that i replace salt with garlic which works pretty good for me you know and, and you'd be surprised you know and what what i have found is that i really don't miss the salt absolutely right and you see in ayurveda they talk about spices being anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. now as you know spices you know you know british people came and set up east india to to you know export the spices from india but the spices the benefit of spices is that it is anti-inflammatory at the same time it makes your cuisine tasty so mm-hmm. if you put some spices uh, it is going to help you in other ways too and you don't have you are absolutely right salt intake will will be reduced and yeah. if you eat non canned food or unprocessed food you have helped a lot in terms of salt intake and you are right that in congestive heart failure the salt is a problem because salt absorbs water and you know and uh, because of the low ejection fraction we have problems pumping you know mm-hmm. uh, so the swelling etc can happen um but fr- fortunately i didn't have any of those problems and uh, i'm uh, i am glad about that 
Did um, did you exercise as well? Uh, yes, I do exercise, but I believe in moderate exercise. You know, I'm I am not a gym fan. Uh, of course, COVID. You know, um, I used to go to gym before for sauna. But to answer the question, I do walking, which is probably my main exercise. I do yoga three times uh, a week, uh, one hour. Uh, and I do a little bit of skipping rope or biking or trampoline. But I would not say that, uh, you know, I am a, basically an exercise buff, no. How long did it take you to research the stuff for your book, you know, as far as your diet goes? How long did that take to figure all that out? Uh, you know, it became a journey. So in 1998, I started to do research. And it became easier for me because I found that it is fitting very well with the Ayurvedic wisdom. And my mother, even though she didn't go to any school, uh, but her training, which came from, you know, her mother and so on and so forth. Uh, so I found that uh, everything that I was reading is kind of pretty much, you know, uh, uh, I'm at home with it. Mm -hmm. uh, and microbiome discovery that has happened, and uh, this should be a dinner table conversation in America. We don't have dinner table conversations, but if there is one, this is the most important one. We should be very, very aware of it. So I have become fascinated by what the research is saying and how much it is common sense. If you eat fresh, you eat more fruits and vegetables, you put milder spices, and you eat some probiotics. Before people used to do here cottage cheese and uh, and uh, what do you call it yogurt and things like that, but with the fast food and with the fast society, probiotics we take capsules, but that is no good. We it has mm -hmm. to come from the food. So to answer your question about how long it takes, now it has become like oh you know this I knew I am reading it everywhere and it is great, but it was uh, kind of a revelation because i used to eat meat and things like that and uh, yes i had to change my ways over 20 will years eat, yeah i will eat meat every every once in a while but i do eat a lot of you know veggie burgers stuff like that to stay away from it as much as i can you know but every once in a while you get that craving and you gotta you know kind of go off <laughs> sure and i'm not <laughs> as i said you know, you, the, you know, there's innate wisdom, you know, the innate wisdom will tell you, you know, so that's fine. And here also, when you have meat, which is, you know, raised certain ways, you know, and same thing with dairy, I take dairy products. You know, the thing is that, you know, if they, they are raised under, you know, and eggs, you know, if it is range free and things like that. So we have to look at all that. And people have no idea how good zucchini spaghetti is. Oh, yes. In fact, I grow some in my vegetable garden. We ha I have zucchini. And you see, fresh zucchini, you know, it tastes so good. You know, it's amazing. Uh, so everybody should have a small vegetable garden, I think. And uh, zucchini, they just grow, you know, they need some water and good soil. And they just grow, you know, uh, vibrant. 
Well, that's one thing a lot of people don't realize. Like you say, nobody realizes what the difference between store-bought zucchini and then zucchini or cucumbers out of your yard tastes like. It's a huge difference. Not only there's a huge difference, uh, the scientists have found that fresh vegetables have this chemical called phytonutrients, P-H-Y-T-O. And their research have found that the phytonutrients decay very rapidly. Once it is harvested, within three days, you lose 90% of it. <laughs> so most of the things that you get in stores is already depleted from phytonutrients. And phytonutrients are very, very important for cell-to-cell -cell communication. And a book on anti-cancer, you know, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the author, you know, he basically talks about that. That uh, so we have invited disease because our food system has gone haywire. Let me tell you that I feel, and this is not something that has been. <laughs> Pardon me. Ooh, okay. No, bless you. That uh, probiotics that we used to get in farms, like yogurt and cheese, and you know all these sauerkrauts and pickles, mm -hmm. slow food. When America became came to suburbia, our, you know, your mother, you know, like she lost the touch with her grandmother's cooking, mm -hmm. which had probiotics, slow food in it. And I would say that that was one of the, and McDonald's comes over and takes over as fast food. So we just got this whole, you know, kind of a perfect storm and I also got into that storm and I first time I ate beef here is, was in 1972 in Buffalo and Niagara Falls McDonald's had so many billion served. It was only 35 cents or so. But my point right. is that is not the, it's a fast food. It is not the, you know, fresh, healthy food. Let me put it that way. You make me laugh. You look up at the sun and oh, y'all eat here. They have 35 billion served. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, that is antibiotics, the food, you know, our TV, all these lifestyle right. problems created what America has gotten into. But America is very creative, and I feel that just like smoking has been curbed, we should be able to get on top of this. And with shows like yours, uh, I am hoping that more and more people will realize that they have to be empowered to take care of themselves. You know, when you were talking about McDonald's, I was thinking about that lawsuit that was recently with Burger King because they're, you know, they sell that, that, that veggie burger, you know, that, that new type of veggie burger. And somebody caught them um, frying it in the same uh, oil that they fry the beef burgers in. Yeah. And there was a big lawsuit about it. <laughs> That's not kosher, especially for... <laughs> many Indians who have come here because in India, when there is a vegetarian, they say vegetarian restaurant, they don't serve any meat. So there's just like we here, here we have a concept of kosher. Mm -hmm. And similarly in India, vegetarians don't want their utensils to be touched by, by meat. But of course, you know, we all adopt, you know, and I'm not a Brahmin, but I, but I can totally relate to it. So in India, the um, diet is, pri is primary, uh, primarily vegetables, then along with rice, correct? 
Well, yes and no. You see, as we became affluent, uh, people started to eat meat uh, over there. And uh, in China also, you know, though China is not like, uh, you know, but the meat consumption goes up, unfortunately, as we become more affluent. Uh, So in India, diabetes is a big problem uh, because of, I would say, sedentary lifestyle and they may be disposed somewhat. But uh, mm-hmm. obesity is catching on there too. Um, before, you know, the percentages were low. Uh, so everybody has to, to me, it looks like it's the same prescription for whole planet. Uh, and all diseases, you know, there's no, no different diets for different diseases. You know, whether one is preventing diabetes or heart disease or cancer, it's all the same. And that's good because Mother Nature has simplified it for us. Sure. I know uh, people who are, you know, going on special diets because of their health. And they're always forever. Um, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying, um, you know, the, they'll cook their food. Ahead, they'll make their food ahead of time and have it, you know, planned out so they can just, gra- you know, grab whatever they need. What's a typical uh, day like for you to eat? What do you have in the morning and say lunch and dinner? Um, again, great question. Uh, you have uh, read about intermittent fasting, which is basically a gap between your last meal and first meal. If it is more than 12 hours, it is good. So in that vein, I also compress my eating. You know, my breakfast is around 10 o'clock and that is the heaviest meal for me, frankly. Uh, my lunch is you know, somewhat moderate, and supper is very, very small. Sometimes it could be just be milk, um, hot milk and things like that. But the idea is, you know, I eat breakfast, you know, what, like a king, lunch like a prince, and supper <laughs> like a pauper. Uh, and it's all, uh, it's all basically whole grain, plant-based uh, I make my own kefir, as I told you. I make sprouts with whole grain, like moon beans. Um, I eat some nuts, you know, walnuts and peanuts and uh, sesame, etc. So my diet is whole grain, nuts, a little bit of dairy, uh, and mostly uh, home homemade. And I, it doesn't take it that long to make it. Okay. What did your doctors say as your health started to improve? What did they say? Did, did they want to improve the diet you were on or did you just do it on your own? Uh, well, first I chose, if you look, uh, if you read my book, like forward is from my cardiologist. She's mm-hmm. an integrative medicine doctor and she herself is vegetarian. Uh, so that was one of my blessings and silver lining that after my heart attack, I chose her. So she's not a run-of-the-mill cardiologist. Her name is Armenia Guarneri. You can uh, see her on YouTube. And uh, uh, so to answer your question, she was my coach. And at the same time, she was fascinated by things I was doing because when I showed her that my eczema has gone, she said, I didn't do anything for this. And Mm -hmm. the point is uh, a lifestyle healthy microbiome, diverse microbiome, create, you know, uh, cures 
many diseases or all diseases, uh, so far I'm concerned. Uh, so it's very, very important that you have a doctor like her who, is a, who becomes her lifestyle kind of coach to some extent. And now I have chosen my primary care doctor uh, who is uh, specialized in lifestyle and is also into geriatrics because I feel that as I get older, I have to rely less and less on medicine. Um, mm -hmm. But here, more people, you know, as they get older, they take more and more prescription drugs, which I want to avoid. So that is another uh, twist in this. Our healthcare system is very sad. Um, it's worse than all developed countries. And we spend a lot of money and people have to wake up. They I agree. Con conventional medicine doesn't have the answer. That's why 80% of the cost that is spent on healthcare is in chronic diseases. And chronic disease by definition is incurable. Otherwise they won't call it chronic. So right. gout is incurable, eczema is incurable, congestive heart failure is incurable, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not how the body works. The body is very, very intelligent. Well, that's one thing I used to laugh about, you know, with my mom and dad as they got older, they had a bag of pills that were huge, you know, and I used to make fun of them because, of course, you're young and you're healthy. Then when I got sick, my pile of pills got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, I, and you know, and it got me to thinking that there had to be a, a better way than to have to pop all these pills. Um, I, I mean, that's my... I hope, and that is one thing I would ask people to always consider. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying a pill right. is not required, but right. always be very, very, what do you call it, uh, discriminative about it. Yeah, every time, you know, and the problem is the pills can interact with each other. You take more, and especially as we become older, we go to five specialists, and everybody gives you two or three. Right there is 15. So... That has to, you know, there's no kind of a quarterback. And I want my primary care doctor to be quarterback. Of course, they are not paid that much. And that is another problem with our healthcare system. Now, when you had heart failure, um, when you were diagnosed with heart failure, what was your first thought? Say it again. Uh, I'm sorry. When you were diagnosed with heart failure, what was your first thought, your first train of thought? Of... Again, I, as I go back to 2007, 2003, I had heart attack. 2007, I had congestive mm -hmm. heart failure. And you read and you, what I read was, I was what, uh, 2007, I was 59 years old. You read that five year and 50% mortality. So, so those are the numbers you read. So mm -hmm. naturally, it was like, oh, of course I'm mortal, but the mortality kind of is staring at you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's a difficult situation. And then you start to say, how would my lifestyle degrade? Will I be able to walk? You know, can I take steps? So all those things come in. But, but now there are stories coming that congestive heart failure is curable. 
a heart attack doesn't have to be a death sentence. In fact, there's a book by Dean Ornish, who is a uh, who did the pioneer work in reversing heart disease through lifestyle, and insurance company paid for it. Uh, his book, new book, is called Undo It. Undo It, and as a, as a heart uh, you know, kind of physician, he is very, very optimistic that things can be reversed, and it is being reversed. Uh, I remember. Right. I was like yeah. you um, when they diagnosed me. It was when they were really heavily running those commercials, because I think Entresto was just coming out, or one of those drugs was just coming out, and it was like um, survival for heart failure is five years. Blah 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 blah. And I remember it just seems like, and then the second you get sick, you it's like you see those more and more. You know, when I was facing that, and I just thought, no, there's got to be another way to get through this without that. You know, without that. And I'm eight years in. I'm still here. You know, and uh, no, it's, it's, it's just. You will take. I'm sorry. As you'll take yeah. better care, and I, I totally understand you're younger than me. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, as you take care of yourself, uh, just like anything else, you know, mind heals, heart heals, skin heals. Um, that is how it is. And the stress is a major problem, by the way. My, my heart problems were because of stress. Because I was not obese, I didn't eat, you know, too badly. Uh, mm -hmm. But at that time, they didn't even realize that the stress was causing these inflammation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you did your research and, you know, you, you're eating better, much better now, obviously. So you were able to beat some of this stuff. So what did your doctor start saying when, you know, as, as these, like, like you talked about your eczema, you know, what did they start saying about the heart failure and everything else as things started to like disappear or level out? Yeah. So, so first I go to integrative cardiologist and she, she is very happy about it. But you see, I don't go to a conventional cardiologist. I would not do that. Um, so I have to be careful about who, who, is, the, who is my doctor. Uh, mm -hmm. So she is very happy about it. If I go to a, other doctors, in fact, I have some good friends, uh, they, they marvel at it. They, they are saying, wow, you know, this, this we have not seen in our practice. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So what do you do when you're not... Um... Eating what you know, eating and doing all this stuff. Are you writing books or what are you doing? Well, I mean, I have written these two books, but uh, I want to. The books are good enough, I think, to spread the positive, optimistic, empowering. And you are doing that, and I thank you. And I want to do that more. I would, you are a journalist, I would, uh, I, you know, request you to consider this paradigm that I have talked about and mm -hmm. how to bring it more to mainstream. And Absolutely. that is something I'm very, very interested in because okay. the information is there, but the money is in advertising prescription drug in prime time. There's no money in advertising that eat fresh. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... So we have, like you have taken this, this role, so I am doing more and more of that, okay? So I want to talk to more people, influence them to spread the word, write articles, and we really, really need it. That's, 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 that's one. 
The second thing, I'm a grandfather. I have four children, and I was I grew grew up with an engineering degree. And math is something I like. Math is a language that is spoken by more people than any other language, including English or Hindi. So I'm working with young kids to make math fun. So you know we are designing a you know game with you know people running around, jumping like hopscotch, and uh, in the process turning around and understanding what you know directions are and angle is, and also giving them some lang lang knowledge about robotics because uh -huh. we have a turtle that moves like uh, with a logo language. So I'm doing that, uh, and that is very very. Uh, you know, invigorating because, of course, with COVID, uh, you know, I started just before COVID, and right now I can't do it in libraries, etc., and mm -hmm. I can't do it on Zoom. But uh, it has given me some time to design these mats and do some flashcards and create some uh, games with, uh, you know, with a good good friend of mine. Uh, so yes, that is another thing. So. Um, I would say the, these two things plus meditation. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, I had a question too. Well, your book, the title of your book is to do it for pennies a day. So is what you're saying is that people don't have to spend a whole lot of money to eat healthy? Um, absolutely right. Because you see, I, I, I did my business and I did MBA and I was baffled as to how when you process a food, how can processed food be cheaper than unprocessed food, like a uh -huh. raw beans? Uh, and I couldn't understand it, you know, initially as to how that has happened. And also, so there are artificial mechanisms that have come into play. Uh, so to answer your question, when I am taking whole grain moon bean, I'm putting and sprouting it myself after 48 hours. It's sprouted, it is with nutrients, and, and it is very, very healthy, and it is not expensive, okay? If, especially if you buy those in Asian stores, because mung bean is, we call it mung, the Chinese call it mung, but uh, it is uh, one of these cheapest grain, whole grain, very, very good, okay. Similarly, if I take milk, you know, and even take coconut milk or almond milk, if I'm vegan or the even organic milk, and I make my own kefir, it is more, more potent and less expensive. Now, we know this, in this country, meat is much more expensive than vegetable, right? Mm -hmm. So, so again, I am requesting people to shift more towards plant-based diet. Okay. So, so the the point is the processed food. Artificially, they have become a little cheaper, but uh -huh. there are preservatives. They have been processed to be kept on the shelf for a long time. They are not very nutritional. In fact, they affect health. So, once you become judicious about it, you will find that food and wastage in food is a big thing. America wastes 40% of its food. Now, when you start to do that, when you make your own food, you are very discriminate. You are 
you know, you know what to cook, etc. And so, so what I'm also saying that uh, cooking doesn't have to be a very, you know, lengthy process, and you not something like you can be very creative about it. And I talk about that in my book also, and there are some recipes. Uh, so, so it's it's that question. In fact, food is going to become more expensive because. <laughs> Because you know we we are going to pay more to the you know to the workers and this and that and but still you know we can live for well-being for pennies a day. And there's also uh, is it true that there's there's certain vegetables that help with your inflammation if you have knee problems or something? Oh, absolutely! In fact, all the cruciferous vegetables, which I call good prebiotics. They are very, very anti-inflammatory because you see, once your gut becomes cleaner and clearer, inflammation goes away. In what they are finding is when your microbiome, which is very, very complex, like a cosmos, when they are in balance, you don't have inflammation. When they become imbalanced, then you have inflammation. And okay. the balance is created also with the richness, with the diversity. And that is what Western civilizations have lost. And antibiotics and processed foods and sugar, these are the big culprit, plus the couch potato television. One thing I was going to add, too, is in my experience, I, I know I shop at, um, at Trader Joe's where they, they actually have a heart-healthy menu thing where you can like pick food off their shelves. But the problem that's happening with some manufacturers is that instead of salt in food, because the taste, you know, everybody in America is, it's all about taste. They put more sugar in stuff. I was really ah. surprised. I had found minestrone soup that was low sodium, went to eat it, and it was so sugary I couldn't even stand it. Uh, you, you are so right. And you see, this is what, you know, the food industry is so sneaky. So... So uh, you have to read labels because they want it to be tasty and, you know, they want you to buy it again. And in a few cases, they make it even addictive as it happened to chips and that kind of thing. Uh, so, yes, you have to be a very alert consumer and your body is your temple and you have to take care of it. And when you cook yourself, I'm making this point, you mm -hmm. exactly know what is what is going in there. Because, I mean, when I shifted over to the low-sodium diet, I know I spent tons of time in the store. And like you say, I'm a label reader. I will sit there and read every label, you know, when I'm going through. If it says, says low-salt, low-sodium, I'm going to read that label to see just how much is in there. Because it's not only the salt in there. They put other stuff in there that also equates up to salt. Or they'll put, or they'll put sugar in there or extra stuff in there. So you got to be really careful. Absolutely, absolutely. I I would advise you just clean your fridge from processed food. Now you know it may look like a you know big undertaking, but the dividends are big. Just don't have processed food. Even dressing, you know, you have to be careful about that. You know how to make a, your own dressing. I have mm -hmm. four or five dressing in my book, but this mindset is uh, is. It looks different, but it, the payoffs are big. Yeah, you start to feel good after a while, really good. So what do you yeah. have to say? Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so no, what do you have to say? Well. Yes. Yeah. What do you have to say to somebody that's just, say, been diagnosed with congestive heart failure? What's your advice? 
uh, okay, first get a good doctor uh, who is going to work with you. Mm-hmm. That's very, very important. In other words, don't just get a doctor who is not interested in your lifestyle. Okay. Now, most of the doctor, they know lifestyle is very, very important, but to become your coach. Okay. That's, that's number one. Number two, I would say read <laughs> Dean Ornish's book first because he's a cardiologist and do it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, read my book, May You Be Healthy. And get into the company of people who are health conscious, who are lifestyle conscious. Absolutely, because that always helps. It always helps to someone in the same uh, frame. And I think that would work for any chronic disease that people would, would get, that, that you'd want to find that, that those type of doctors. Absolutely. And the fact is, it's called chronic because it's incurable. So the mm-hmm. point is... Now you have to basically take that bull by the horn and so to say, you are empowered to handle it. And fortunately, solutions are there, including me. I have a question in the chat room. I just want to make sure that people know that you're not a doctor. This is just stuff you found out from trial and error, you know, doing your own thing. But the question is, I've got leukemia, CLL. Is there a diet that could help? You know, offhand. You say, probably don't. Say but- it again. Uh, the, the, um, the writer has leukemia, CLL, and she's just wondering if there's a diet that could help. Now, this is a question just, uh, you know, too much above my pay grade, okay? Right. But right. I, I would say this is what, uh, you know, Deepak Chopra, who is an MD, but he is, you know, into more into spirituality and holistic health. He said that take the diagnosis of modern medicine but don't take the prognosis. Means that look at all other modalities of healing, okay? Mm-hmm. And based on what I have learned so far, I would, uh, I would suggest this person to go to internet, put leukemia and look at cure and see what is coming out, okay? Uh, that's one thing. The other thing which is about lifestyle is look at, put leukemia and microbiome and see how many new papers have come on that, okay? Now with these two information, you will be you know, armed to tackle it, both with conventional medicine as well as with other modalities of healing. But I'm sorry, I'm not a doctor, so actually I can't, you know. Absolutely, give. absolutely specific uh, recommendations absolutely now you have a website right yes i have a website the website is uh, my name ravi sahai one word dot com and uh, the website is about the book but i have a contact page there and people can contact me and uh, as i said my last name is Sahai, which is Sanskrit word, means one who helps. So I can only help from where I am. I'm not a doctor, but definitely I will try. Are you available for people like, uh, let's say, do you get your book? Are you available for people to email you or, or by Skype or you know to talk with you? 
Uh, definitely, they can email me, and uh, Skype is a possibility these days. Phone calls and Skypes—they are all the <laughs> same for sure. We've all loved fallen in love with Skype now. Okay, here's a question I ask. I always ask. It's kind, it's kind of an odd question, but it kind of makes you think. If you're in Las Vegas and you're standing on the street with all the others, those other guys like you who have similar books, you know about how to get through chronic disease and all this. How do you get people to read your book? Uh, that's a great question. I'm not a great, well, I shouldn't say I'm not a good market yet. I haven't tried that. <laughs> but you know what? What I have realized that instead of selling my book, mm -hmm. we ask this question when we meet people. We ask this, how are you, right? And that mm -hmm. question is a very intimate question. But, you know, most of the time when I say, how are you? The answer is, oh, I'm fine. Or how are you? That's how the answer is. So I'm going to change that before I even approach my book, uh, with my book. I would ask them, how are you taking care of yourself? How are you taking care of yourself? And in that yourself is this whole thing about the body and microbiome and what we think and what we eat, all is there. But that will be my icebreaker question. How are you taking care of yourself? And that also in Las Vegas, that also means shiny and glowing skin and, you know, and mm -hmm. all that. So that, that also is there. That is awesome. So have you got your family to adapt to your way of eating? A uh, great question. And I have uh, two, um, two adult children. One is my, uh, my son and my daughter. And initially they thought, you know, what is dad doing? He's not a doctor and who will, you know, read his books. Uh, but uh, they are impressed by the reviews I have on Amazon. And frankly, they are both, and my daughter-in-law more than my daughter, uh, she, she is sold on it. So I feel that uh, she is going to be my, my ambassador. And in my book, I have written that, I have written it for my grandchildren. And I mean it, um, because if they learn from their mothers how to take care of themselves, Mm -hmm. That is a great gift. I'm talking about these dinacharya, the daily routine. That is a fundamental. It should be a public health priority in this country. And even in India, from where it came, people have forgotten about it. Well, I was thinking about you talking about having a very supportive doctor. I did too. My first cardiologist was from India. And I remember when I was starting to shift my food, um, you know, over. And I said, well, I want to try this. I want to try this. She said, well, if you have a book, bring it into me and let me look at it before you do anything with it. So we can, you know, make sure that it, it, it's going to help you, you know, food-wise. Because I don't want you eating stuff that's going to make it worse. So I, I had a lot of support from her. And I, I you know, I, I never give her a shout-out ever, but I had a lot of support from her, you know, in the first beginnings of all this. So it was really helpful. 
That's wonderful. In fact, what I would suggest, Charlotte, that uh, you go to YouTube, you look at Armenia Gornari, and mm -hmm. she has spoken on food and heart health. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Dean Ornish, as I mentioned, uh, is another person. So uh, you can't go wrong if you just see their prescriptions. And of course, absolutely. mine. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It, do you have anything else to say to people, you know, if they find themselves in a situation where they're, they, they've got something really wrong with them? Uh, I, again, you know, uh, thanks for for listening. And uh, again, Charlotte, thanks for having me. What I would say is health is very, very important. It, we don't lose health unless, you know, of course, it's some accident, etc. But it's a gradual process. I'm talking about chronic disease. It takes 20 years for inflammation to come, whether it is cancer or heart disease or, you know, diabetes. Mm -hmm. And it takes time also to go away, mm -hmm. especially if you are able to do intelligently. So what am I going to say to all of you? Get educated about microbiome and then find that lifestyle is the least expensive and the most effective way to be healthy. Even if one doesn't have any disease, the point is when you have a vibrant, diverse, balanced microbiome, it is just not about body, it's about life because the, they are ju jumping and dancing with you. And the the interesting part is that Ayurveda, 5,000 years ago, has also figured it out. So just apply some common sense about how to take care of the body, your body. And uh, that's my, my message. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. It's good to see you in such good health. See, you're a prime example uh -oh. of what can happen when, when you eat right and behave yourself, you know, when, when you get sick. Uh -huh. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. And I'd love to have you on on a future show so we can talk some more about this and see how things are going. Check in on you. Thank you again. Thank you. And namaste to all of you. And uh, may you be healthy. That's my prayer. And I'll, I'll, I'll pray and meditate with you on it. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you coming on. You have a good evening. All right. So long now. All right, so I learned a lot. I did because uh, there's stuff I was doing in the beginning that, like everybody else, when you're first diagnosed, that that you do wrong because, because you're scared. You, you know, you get diagnosed like that, and it's it, it's a shock to your system. And then, at some point, you have to turn things around, or you're just going to get worse. And you know, that's just how it is. And this gentleman was able to do that. I'll show you his books at the end of the show, so you guys can go ahead and get them off because they're available on Amazon. But uh, I want to thank him for coming on. It's something that I've been concerned about, and I've always, I'm always interested in, in, in holistic health, you know, with chronic diseases. So he, he cleared up a lot of answers for me, and I hope he did for you guys. Um, tomorrow, we're shifting gears again back to paranormal. And uh, let me get back to my little buttons here. Okay. I just love pushing buttons. Uh, we're shifting back to the paranormal mode tomorrow, and I have a guest on named Detective Mocha or Mocha. I'm horrible with names, remember that. 
And he says him and his partner have some interesting ghost hunting techniques that they do. Things that, I guess, the usual ghost hunt bunch doesn't do. So I'm curious to see what they do. Because he's got nice information on his Facebook page, but it doesn't have everything that they do. And he does a lot of Facebook Lives, and I haven't had a chance to really look at them yet, but I'll look at some tonight. But uh, we're going to have Detective Mocha, Mocha, Mocha on tomorrow. Not making fun of names. Like I said, I'm horrible with names. But um, I want to thank everybody for coming. And uh, tomorrow we'll be back here at 6.30 p.m. And I want to remind you that if you like the show, share it with five people that you know. If you didn't like the show, share it with your enemies. That way they too can enjoy the fun. Um, as you can see by the bottom, I finally got my ticker running. <laughs> this shows that uh, uh, what I do is ghost hunting, nonprofit, and all this stuff comes out of my pocket, the internet, everything, you know, to run the show. So if you could find it in your heart to donate a little bit for us to help help us keep the show on the air and keep some really cool guests coming on, that would be great. That's at paypal.me at California Haunts. Also, i got a lot to ask you guys. Also, I would like to get some more subscriptions to our YouTube page. The problem we've got with our YouTube page is that we need over 100 subscribers so that we can get a dedicated URL so that people can find us. Because right now, nobody can find find these videos. So, um, and I've tried, believe me. I've Googled the name of the videos. I've Googled the name of the team. It's not happening. So, the way to do that is you go to the radio website, which is www.californiahauntsradio.com. You click on one of our videos on that site, it'll take you to the YouTube site. Then you can subscribe from there. Because as soon as we hit that, that 100, 100 or so just subscriber rate, we're going to be able to get a dedicated URL. And you guys, if you want to go to my, you know, go to the website, you can just bypass and straight to YouTube. So uh, if you would do that, I'd really appreciate it because we're looking for, for subscribers. So I want to thank you all for coming. Tomorrow we'll be here at 6.30 and uh, see what kind of really cool investigation techniques we can learn and what kind of cool investigations that they've done. So I will see you tomorrow. Have a good, good evening.